You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Let us return to the Lord is the title of this devotion. For me, returning to the Lord is something I do consistently, constantly. It's like I go home. I return home and Virginia is there and, oh, I've had to learn how to go home. When I was young and married, I would just be in my own world as a single man and having to learn what it meant to be married and and come home and, and still act like I'm single to only think about myself and my own welfare. But I've learned to go home and what I call have blinders on. There's in other words, on my way home, I think Virginia and Virginia and the children, by the time I walk in, they have 100% of my heart and my passion and everything to serve them, uphold them, strengthen them, comfort them, help them, love them, bless them. And I've had to learn how to go home. And even Solomon in Second Chronicles chapter 1 said, Lord, I'm like a child. I don't know how to go out and come in. I don't know how to go out and come back home. Please give me your wisdom how to go out and how to come home. And the father was so moved by Solomon's humble heart and by his tenderness of heart that he wanted God's wisdom instead of personal welfare, personal success. And he wanted God's wisdom how to go out and how to come home, that the Lord gave him that wisdom and so forth. And Solomon, of course, had to learn to live by it like any of us. But I really believe the Lord would give you and me that heart to know how to go out to work, how to go out to what we do, and how to come home. But I want to specifically say this to you about your personal relationship with the Lord today. You see, for many people, when they come home into prayer to the Lord, it's like they have to rebuild because so much was broken down while they were gone. They did not abide in, Jesus says, whoever abides in me and my word abides in you will bear the fruit as you go out. In other words, if you want to have the fruit of your intimacy with the Lord on the outside in the worldly life, then you must learn how to keep living in the spirit in your inner life with God. You must learn how to stay in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. These are statements you find in Galatians and other places in the New Testament. Let me read you something here that I love deeply. It's in Hosea chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, he has disciplined, corrected us, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. And I love this scripture. 
And friends, to have that motivation or that impulse, that, that resolution, oh, come on, I, I've got to live more in intimacy with the Lord. I've got to stay in the Spirit. I've got to be more committed to God. I've got to live consecrated, dedicated, separated. I think that's a good resolution to make, but I'll tell you the truth. I have to have this consistently, constantly, and there is no way that you can be that dedicated to your own strength. And this is why Jesus did everything he did so that what he did for us, he can now do in us. Because he is God at the Father's right hand. By the Holy Spirit, he can inform in us that his very nature, perfect in us his very nature. And it says here in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, Therefore, my dear ones, as you have uh, always obeyed my suggestions, so now not only with the enthusiasm you show in my presence, but much more because I'm absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling self-distrust, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing, creating in you the power and desire both to will and work for his good pleasure, satisfaction and delight. Or as the King James would say, he works the willingness and the ability. Dear friends, you cannot have that kind of commitment that is desperately called for in a new generation today without him working it in you. So while you do your part, while you keep coming back, coming back to him, coming back to him, coming, oh, I used to, in the early 80s, I would come to the Lord in prayer and I said, Oh, Father, oh, Father, how long, how long do I have to come here and have to say to you, Lord, forgive me for this. Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, forgive me for this and forgive me for that. Father, I don't want to come and, and burden you with all my failings. I want to come to you with a clean heart, sprinkled from an evil conscience and a body washed with pure water, with the true faith and its true heart and sincere faith that I may worship you continuously in spirit and truth, Lord. How long? But Father, I will keep on coming. I will keep on coming until you're able to keep me cleansed. And all those prayers in those days of weariness with my own failings and shortcomings in the spirit, with my own lack of commitment and dedication, have all not been wasted, friends. Every time you come back to God, you come back to God, it's never wasted. It's never wasted. It's never disregarded. It's never not appreciated. One of the most beautiful examples Jesus gives for this is in Luke chapter 15, where Jesus tells this story, and it's really about the Father. The story is about the Father, but I know 
Jesus is talking about the two sons. And most of the time we only look at the two sons and not at the father. But the younger son said to father, give me the inheritance allotted to me. And in those days, according to the law, the father would give one third to the younger son and two thirds to the older son. But it says there he allotted the inheritance to both of both of them. And the older one stayed home while the younger one went out with what was allotted to him and wasted it all on prodigal living, Jesus said. That is the word prodigal, wasteful. And when he became in want and he was living among the swine, Jesus said, and they would not even give him the food they would feed the swine, he came to himself. It's painful sometimes to get to come to your senses and go, what am I doing? What am I doing? I've gone the wrong direction. He came to himself, Jesus said, and when he came to himself, he said, oh God, I've sinned against you. And before my father, I will return to my father and say, my father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And, And Jesus said, while he was yet a long way off as he was returning to his father, his father saw him, was moved with compassion, Jesus says, ran at him hugged him, kissed him, and clothed him with new garments and put a new ring and new shoes on him and had a feast where the whole house had to celebrate the joy of the father that his son, Jesus said, who was dead was alive and who was lost was found. And you see, you can see through this that Jesus shows you how much it means to the heavenly father when we keep coming back to him. We keep coming back to him. We keep coming back and maybe we're coming back and we go, Lord, you anointed me. Lord, you renewed me. You refreshed me, but I wasted it again on the earthly worthlessness and falsehood of the pleasures of this world. I again allowed my soul to be darkened by the worldly pleasure of the flesh. Oh, Lord, I repent. I repent. I come back. Oh, friends, it so blesses the Father when we keep coming back to him. When we keep coming back to him, I believe if you keep coming, you'll see. He will work in you what is needful for you to learn to even when you go out to stay faithful and loyal to him with your heart and with your spirit. In Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 11, it says, And Jesus said, he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Right? Jesus is saying, look what the heavenly Father is giving you. He's unveiling the reality of the spirit realm, the reality of the heavenly life. And then he says in verse 21, also he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? (coughs) Is it not to be set on the lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor anything been kept secret that that shouldn't come to the light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured, it will be measured to you and to you who hear, more will be given. More will be given. Right? Let's continue. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And he said, the kingdom of God 
is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields its crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, after the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Spiritual growth is a reality. And Jesus uses these examples that farmers, and many of them work the fields, would completely understand. And Jesus said, listen, to you, it has been given to connect with the Holy Spirit. You feel it, you, you hear it, you connect with it. That's a gift of God. That's a grace of God. And he says, it's going to mature in you. Just like when you, have, you've, when you want to yield a crop and there's first the blade, then the head, and after the full grain in the head. And you will have development of maturity spiritually. So what is one of the maturities I want to talk to you about today? Is that you stay one with the Lord. Yes, you keep returning to him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your spirit, with all your mind, with all your strength to love him, with all your heart, with all your being, and to express that love for others, for your neighbor. But the Holy Spirit will bring you into such a maturity with him that when you go out into your work, when you go out into all the affections of this world, your heart stays one with him stays loyal to him, stays committed to him. And that even when you're out there at work doing what you're doing, the Holy Spirit is able to get your attention. You see that you have the hearing Jesus talks about, the hearing, that you have that inward knowing, perceiving. You see, God doesn't need these ears to speak to you because God is spirit. He speaks straight to your spirit and because you stay joined with him, the maturing is that no matter what situation you're in, you hear him. You hear him. Even when you're in, in times when it's really inconvenient or uncomfortable or, or when it's not very nice that you have this hearing, that is a maturing and the reason why I emphasize this is because maybe you say, I don't have it. It, it just, it's, I, I can't remember the last time I did have the hearing. And you see, and folks, that is just like you feeling hungry, hungry, hungry. And you say, I can't remember what it's like not to feel hungry because I live hungry. And, and you live so full when you say hunger, oh, I don't know, I mean, I have desire for chocolate, this and that, but you don't really know what hunger is anymore. I believe that the Holy Spirit would have you in such a place where you stay. That is maturing, okay? Are you getting this? This is maturing, where you stay one with the Lord no matter where you are, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the conditions are no matter what you're suffering, no matter what you're challenged with, no matter what you don't understand that you have been praying and asking God for answers, you keep that hearing and you keep walking with God. You're walking with the Father through the circumstances of life. Your heart is one with Him. You've never left Him, really. 
You've never departed from him. It's kind of like what Jesus said in John chapter 8. The Father is always with me. He's not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. And he was saying this in the face of ferocious hostility, where they took up stones to stone him there in John chapter 8. And Jesus was able to stay one with the Father. Now, come on, believe that the Holy Spirit is working this in you, training you to walk out, to work out your own salvation. But the Holy Spirit's empowering to a point where you mature, where you, yes, you've gone out, but you're still in. You're still one with the Father. And you could stop wherever you are. Father, oh, holy God, your presence is so sweet to me. I love it that you're always with me, that you never leave me. And you live in the consistent consciousness of the presence of the Lord, like David says in Psalm 16. I have set the Lord always before me, and I'm always aware of the Lord's presence, and in His presence is the fullness of my joy. And at His right hand, I experience His pleasure. Amen? Have a good day.